Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show, everybody. Got a lot to talk about with the NFL and the crazy slate of games yesterday on Saturday. So uh, let's get right down to what happened last night. And I wasn't going to talk about the NBA, but lo and behold, the Lakers home opener had more fireworks than anyone had actually anticipated. So where to begin with this nonsense? Basically, you had the Rockets in town. Rockets looking for their first one on the year. Obviously, it's the Lakers home opener after they lost uh, in Portland the other night. You know, tensions were chippy throughout the game, especially between Rajon Rondo and Chris Paul. Now, you know, I had to rewatch the game after seeing what had transpired in the fourth quarter. So you could see that there was something simmering, but... You know, it had always been like one of those unspoken NBA things that Rondo and Chris Paul do not get along at all. I don't know if it's they both because they both have Napoleon complexes or what, but like they always try to out chippy each other, and it was just getting real physical. Then uh, the catalyst of the play was Brandon Ingram uh, getting into it with James Harden after the referees rightly whistled him for a foul. He shows Harden. Then Chris Paul and Rondo get into it. Chris Paul alleges that Rondo spit in his face and then stuck his fi- and then uh, Chris Paul proceeded to stick his finger right into Rondo's eye, which then prompted Rondo to throw a, a left hook right at Chris Paul's jaw. And then the melee broke out. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is one of those things where, A, the fight, it happens. And everyone's looking at LeBron, waiting to see what LeBron does. LeBron basically, he doesn't stop to try to, it doesn't look like he really stops to try to corral Rondo. He basically tries to look for everyone to break up the fight. Then he grabs Chris Paul to settle him down, because that's his boy. Uh, It's it's just a bizarre situation. Then you have Brandon Ingram trying to take shots at Chris Paul. Uh, you uh, You know, again, Brandon Ingram, you're not involved in the fight, and you're 6'10". You can't be taking swings uh, at Chris Paul at his size. I mean, come on, man. That's not a good look for anyone, especially a big man like you. So that that nonsense uh, went down. So all three players were ejected between Paul, Rondo, and Brandon Ingram. Uh, Rockets go on to win the game. There are going to be multiple suspensions going for this one. Ideally, I would say Brandon Ingram is the guy who has to be suspended the most because... Uh, let's be clear here. A, he he's the one who got into it with uh, 
uh, with uh, Harden in the first place, which led to the altercation. I mean, Rondo and uh, and Chris Paul were getting into it uh, regardless uh, throughout the game, but Brandon Ingram's the one who set it off in the first place. So he lit the dynamite. He's the guy who's got to get suspended the longest. Plus, he sucker punched Chris Paul. Chris Paul and Rondo, yeah, they're going to get suspended too. Uh, I, I would be saying that it's dumb for the NBA to suspend them more than five games. Uh, I, I would think, you know, honestly, it's a rare NBA fight where there were some punches landed, but I wouldn't go crazy over it if I'm the league. Uh, I, I just think it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, taking away star players from teams. I mean, Chris Paul's definitely missing the game against the Clippers. Uh, I know the NBA's uh, maybe the NBA's kind of happy about that because the last time the Rockets and Clippers went down in the regular season, things got a little crazy there last year too that uh, that we talked about on the podcast. Uh, the, the only thing that I was waiting for out of this game was seeing if uh, there was going to be a secret entrance uh, to uh, uh, the, uh, the um, uh, to, to the locker rooms between the teams again where there was going to be another fight uh, between the teams because that's where... Uh, I, I was thinking that it was a possibility, but, uh, you know, it, it, this was just a bizarre game. Uh, the Lakers 0-2, uh, I know people are going to be going on LeBron, and frankly, it's ridiculous. It's two games into the season. This is about as much as I'm going to talk about the NBA for a while, but, like, last night's action was so dumb that I actually had a comment on it. It actually bumped off the story of Jose Mourinho leading off, leading off of that one because he got into a fight with the Chelsea managers at the end of the Chelsea-Manchester United game where someone was, uh, a Chelsea assistant coach, was celebrating too closely to the special one, and because of Chelsea tying the game up in the final minute of uh, stoppage time, Mourinho took an exception to that and proceeded to charge uh, the assistant coach as if he was going, uh, I think the assistant coach's name is Yanni, which is <laughs> taken up to a Oh, another level, but anyway, yeah, Mourinho tries to go fight Yanni, not the musician, uh, the assistant coach, and, uh, you know, he has to be separated, which is, realistically, it's one of the dumbest things possible, because what are you going to do as a coach? You're going to land a punch on another coach and get yourself suspended? He's probably already going to get banned from the touchline because he tried to fight the guy. It doesn't make any sense. You have to at least have some level of composure. It's one thing for a player to lose his mind completely. It's an entirely different for a, a head coach or a manager to lose their mind completely. So with that being said, uh, let's talk briefly about the MLB Game 7 last night. Uh, while we have time before we dive into uh, football, but not too long because we got to talk about the 9-30 game that's coming up. But uh, yeah, so Game 7 between the Brewers and Dodgers last night. Uh, my strategy kind of worked out, wherein I had zero confidence in Craig Council being able to manage that game properly. I I really felt as though uh, Chassin was due for a quick hook. I really thought that Council was going to do the quick hook by the fourth inning. I mean, the guy didn't even like hesitate. He took his starting pitcher out in between innings. Uh, Hayter was up and pitching. In the third inning. It was insane. Uh, I mean, first of all, you're down in the game. And Hayter's your best reliever. If you were going to control the game, 
you have to bring in someone else that you can at least rely upon to hold, control the game. That's not a high leverage situation. You, like you, you're trying to redefine what a high leverage situation is. Uh, like you, you're telling me that you have no other pitchers. You got to the NLCS with no other pitchers on your staff other than Josh Hader. Josh Hader is a great relief pitcher. At best, he could give you three innings, which is what he did last night. Guess what? With him pitching uh, those three innings, so the third, the fourth, the fifth, guess what? You still got another three innings left to go in the game. It's like I I, I struggle with this because it's like, honestly, Shasin was pitching as though he was constantly looking around to see when he was going to get hooked. Like, that's no way to actually manage a team. Your starting pitcher has to at least be able to get comfortable into a game first. Shasin didn't even get that opportunity. Uh, you know, as it stood, it's like as soon as he gave up the home run to Bellinger, which was a bomb, by the way, you know, Bellinger put a good swing on it. It wasn't as though Shasin was pitching that horribly. This was not a Luis Severino situation where he is looking so horrible that everyone can see he has to get pulled from the game except for Aaron Boone. I mean, Greg, Craig Council is the opposite end of the spectrum, wherein it doesn't seem to have any rhyme or reason other than he's got his analytics book, and, it's, and the analytics says this reliever has a better matchup against said batter, but it doesn't take into account the fact that you've been using your bullpen so extensively throughout this series that guess what? Your bullpen may be starting to get tired, so the effective results that you're basing this off of aren't necessarily as valid as they once were. I mean, if you look at the game breakdown, I mean, the Dodgers uh, jumped on Shasin early, got two runs. Council panics, brings in Hader. Hader shuts down the Dodgers. But Hader can only pitch three innings as a reliever. I mean, that's that's his limit. And lo and behold, the Dodgers break this thing open in the sixth, and that's all she wrote. The, the Brewers' offense really didn't get enough runs to get the job done, but that game was decided mainly on Craig Council panicking so quickly. They could say that, like, oh, well, the, you need more hitting. Yes, the Brewers definitely, situational hitting-wise, they just did not come up with the big hits. Not for lack of effort. Was, uh, the Dodgers made some great defensive plays in the outfield. Chris Taylor uh, did a hell of a job. I, you know, it, it was what it was, but, uh, you know, I, I still look at that and I say to myself that the Brewers could have won this NLCS if they hadn't messed around with the bullpen as much as they did. I thought it was a tall order for the Brewers to win six and seven, relying strictly on the bullpen. I thought they needed more starting pitching to get the job done. And I felt Council just used the relievers way too much. He abused it. And you know, and it with any and with any good thing, if you use it too much, it's gonna go. It's gonna go to waste, and that's uh, basically what the Brewers have to show for their efforts. Uh, it was a great season, but it did not go all the way because of the fact that you know there were m- mistakes made during the management of the a- NLCS that you can't have backsies on. So I'll, I'll talk about the World Series coming up later on, but let's get into the NFL now because. Uh, we got a 9.30 game uh, coming up, so uh, hopefully those of you who are going to be able to listen to this podcast early, you can get a, a listen on it. But uh, you got the Chargers playing uh, the Titans. Uh, Chargers are six-and-a-half-point favorites. 
you know, this is one of those games where I I look at it and I don't like the matchup. I would lay off this line unless I was actually uh, in a picks pool because this is one of those where I could see either side kind of uh, winning it. At, you know, the Chargers, this is probably going to be the most fans that they have the, the entire season, uh, just given the fact that the game's in London. Uh, but I, I, I don't have confidence in this matchup, uh, to be perfectly honest, though. Uh, the reason why I say that is the fact that, you know, from a point spread perspective, uh, you know, six and a half, the Chargers defense without Joey Bosa has been kind of meh, in my opinion. I, I don't have a great feel for uh, this matchup, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I, I think the Chargers are going to win it. But I'm not sold on them being able to uh, uh, win by a touchdown. That that's where I'm I'm a little bit concerned because even though Tennessee hasn't scored an offensive touchdown uh, since uh, playing uh, Philadelphia in Week Four, you know, it's just not a gr- it's not a great matchup for the Chargers because the Titans can find ways of slowing this game down and mucking it up. The Chargers want to go, 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 and I definitely think the Chargers should take deep shots down the field. Uh, you know, the one thing that uh, I did see uh, coming up on the injury report uh, is that Melvin Gordon is looking doubtful, so I'm not entirely sold on Melvin Gordon uh, being available today. So with that being said, uh, the the thing of it is is that I, I could see – you know, a situation where you got a lot of underneath passes to Austin Eckler and then Phillip Rivers goes over the top to a Mike Williams or Tyrell Williams since those are the speed burners uh, because uh, the Titans are going to concentrate a lot of their efforts on stopping Keenan Allen. Uh, I mean, I would love for Keenan Allen to go off today, uh, but uh, I, I kind of think this is going to be one of those rando games where you're going to see uh, the secondary players on the Chargers have the big gains as opposed to Keenan Allen. Hopefully, I'm wrong because I, I, I like using Keenan Allen for DFS purposes because I think the the pricing isn't too shabby. But, you know, it is what it is uh, uh, for those uh, early, uh, early slates. But uh, moving on to the next matchup we've got, uh, we're we're going to talk about one of the most lopsided matchups, in my opinion, and that's the Jets versus the Vikings. Remember that game the Jets had a couple of weeks ago against the Jaguars that was completely unwatchable and the Jets got smashed? Yeah, that's going to happen again today, most likely, against the Vikings. Same matchup, a strong run defense, uh, very good secondary. You know, unless the Jets actually open up the playbook and... You know, the Jets got injuries. Quincy Newman's out. Uh, Robbie Anderson's nicked up. Terrell Pryor's got a groin injury. This is not a good matchup whatsoever. And the weather report says it's going to be windy in the Meadowlands today. That hurts the Jets more than it helps. Uh, I mean, than, than it hurts the Vikings. Uh, Kirk Cousins actually throws a decent spiral in the wind. Sam Darnold, the, the book is out on that just because he's a USC guy. And in his in his college days, he didn't look pretty good. Uh, he did not look uh, very good in uh, inclement weather. So you know, limited sample size because, of course, he was out in California for college. But uh, you know, in a windy situation, this is an avoid game. 
if you're a Jets fan. If you're a Jets fan going to the game, you're probably going to end up losing this one. And that three-and-a-half point underdog for the Jets uh, that people seem to be intent on betting on, uh, this is a clear layoff. I mean, if I'm doing a picks pull, I'm taking the Vikings just because this matchup screens the Vikings win by 10 points. But, you know, maybe the Jets keep it close. I, I just, Maybe they learn something from the Jacksonville game. Maybe. But, like, this is like a, a matchup that's less than a month away from a, ma- a very similar matchup where the Jets got smashed. Uh, I got to take it to the Vikings here, and it's not close. I, I, you know, there's nothing about this matchup that would ever give me pause to uh, say that I, I can't take, um, I, I, that I would ever take the Jets. So, uh, taking the Vikings, uh, minus three and a half. Moving on, uh, we got the Browns. Basically, in a matchup uh, where they're going to be underdogs traveling to Tampa Bay, Tampa doesn't have a defense. So I actually like Baker Mayfield today. Uh, you know the news of Carlos Hyde getting traded that just opens up the offense for Nick Chubb and and especially Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson uh, can catch balls out of the backfield. He can run it. I think Duke Johnson definitely uh, is the biggest beneficiary. I know Chubb owners are are really hot and bothered about. Uh, uh, having Chubb uh, ownership uh, shares, but I would say if I was looking at fantasy leagues, like the guy I'd be looking at is Duke Johnson, just because he's going to be the pass catching guy, and you know more more than likely Duke Johnson's going to take an even bigger share of rushing uh, of rush attempts uh, than uh, Chubb, because you know the, let's face it, Carlos Hyde was soaking up so much of the actual rushing attack. And while he, he, like, it's not as though uh, Carl Hyde was doing, he was bad at it. It was just the fact that, you know, it wasn't, you know, awe-inspiring. It was like, you know, it was, he was doing a decent job, but it wasn't anything that was uh, uh, going to be... Uh... Hey, Throwdown Nation. Are you at the bottom of your fantasy league wondering what is going on with your quarterback? Well, I think I've got a new show that may just fit the bill for you. The show is called Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks to get your burning questions answered, such as, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Can Aaron Rodgers actually play a full season on one healthy leg? And can Dak Prescott actually lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl in spite of Jerry Jones? Coach Weiss and co-host Steve Strau have got you covered on all things quarterbacks. Listen now on Apple Podcasts or any major media platform. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. You know, breaking the bank anywhere. So I I look at Duke Johnson as a guy who's definitely going to take a step up moving forward. So hopefully no one dropped them in their leagues, uh, even though it was very tempting to do multiple times. Uh, uh, so far this year. But I, I like Duke Johnson here. I like the matchup against Tampa. I think this is going to be one of the higher scoring matchups on the slate today. So I do like Jameis Winston as well. I'm going to give the edge to Cleveland here, uh, plus three and a half as the dog. Uh, I, I think they cover. I think Tampa probably wins the game, but because of how lousy Tampa's defense is, uh, you know, I, I think this is probably going to be a field goal game. That extra half point makes a difference. Uh, so I think Tampa wins, but I think they only win by a few points, like either a point or three points. But I don't think they win by more than that. I, I do think the 
the Browns cover here just because of how lousy uh, of a defense they're going up against. And I do like a lot of the fantasy players coming out today. I, I, I see Jarvis Landry having a potential breakout game. I know uh, myself and a number of folks have been beating the drums for Jarvis Landry that he's going to eventually, like someone on that Browns receiving uh, court has got to unlock Jarvis Landry. Uh, Callaway, Higgins, like somebody is going to open the passing game up for Jarvis Landry because teams are just double teaming him and these other receivers are not winning off the ball. Uh, but I, I look at it and I'm saying, you know, this is a case where uh, I, I would feel comfortable uh, taking a lot of Browns players. And I and I do like uh, uh, the exposure to Tampa. I mean, Jameis Winston definitely helps in the passing game. So if you've got Godwin, you got uh, uh, Mike Evans, or you know, if you're taking a punt on Deshaun Jackson, I, I do feel as though you can get some value out of those players. Moving on, uh, we're going to get into uh, the Carolina-Philly game. Uh, Panthers are four-and-a-half-point underdogs. Uh, you know, game, realistically, uh, this is a, a case where uh, Philly should be favored, uh, just uh, get, uh, given the fact that they're the home team. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, look, I look at it, this is a case where uh, Carolina laid an egg last week. And, you know, Carolina usually lays the egg, and then they come back with a strong performance. Uh, do I see Philly winning this game? Yes. Do I think they cover? No. Uh, you know, this is a case where four and a half points, that's a big number, uh, to be honest. I don't think uh, Philly is demonstratively better uh, than uh, Carolina. And so I, I look at this as a case where uh, Philly wins the game, but it's only a field goal game, so I got to take Carolina here. Uh, I, I think uh, Cam keeps this game close. I think uh, Philly's uh, defense does uh, stop the run for Carolina, so I'm not as big on uh, Christian McCaffrey as some other folks are, but, you know, it's certainly a possibility. And uh, moving on, we've got Detroit uh, hosting. Oh, no, actually, sorry. Uh, Detroit traveling to Miami. Uh, Miami is a one-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, you know, the legend of Brock Osweiler uh, began anew last week you know, with the win over the Bears in overtime. But let's face, uh, let's face, uh, yeah, let's face facts here, folks. Uh, you know, the, the, the issue is, is that Miami played nearly five quarters of football. Uh, and I'm going to get into this exact same point with Chicago. Five quarters is a good amount of time, even if you are coming off a bye. In very humid temperatures, Miami's right back in it with another hot day. Uh, it's not going to be as ridiculously humid as it was last week down in Miami, but it's close. And I, I look at Detroit here, you know, if you're telling me that uh, I'm, I have to take Miami to win the game, uh, then no. I, I think Miami... Uh, is not the better team here. I think Detroit's the better team. And, you know, Brock Oswald is more likely to implode than anything else. So uh, while I would punt on Brock as a GPP play today with Albert Wilson just for the hell of it, just because the pricing is is so uh, darn cheap, uh, I, I still look at this as a case where Detroit should win this one. So I'm taking Detroit uh, as the dog here and Detroit to win outright. Moving on. Uh, we're we're going to have uh, the Bears 
hosting New England. The Bears are a three-and-a-half point underdog at home, so the public money is all on the Bears. Uh, New England hasn't looked great on the road, but to my point uh, a a few minutes ago, the Bears played five quarters of football against the Dolphins last week in humid temperatures. That's going to drain you. Khalil Mack is banged up uh, with uh, an an ankle injury. This is not the kind of time you want to be showing up playing a New England team that's got a little bit of momentum going. I know people are going to freak out over Gronk not traveling with the team and most likely being out, but let's be honest with ourselves here. The Patriots operate under the assumption of next man up and figuring out ways of uh, moving the ball on offense. Chicago's probably been prepping the entire week for Gronk, so to me... That throws them off more than anything else because now they got to guard up uh, against some of the formation sets that they're more likely going to see with two running back sets. Like, New England's going to do some funky things if Gronk's out of the lineup to generate offense. And the Bears are not necessarily going to be as well-versed on how to stop some of those plays because Gronk is out today. Next on the slate today, we've got the Colts hosting the Bills. Wow, this is a terrible matchup. Oh, man. It, well, you know, there, there, there are only so many teams in the NFL, so you got to cover them all, I guess. Jeez. Uh, yeah, the Colts, six-and-a-half-point favorites. I mean, you know, if, if you've been listening to me, I'm not a big fan of the Colts' offense uh, just because I think they throw the ball way too much. They tried running it with Marlon Mack, and the limitations of their offensive line have pretty much stunted their ability to run the football. Uh but, you know, be that as it may, I think this Bills team is one of the worst rosters, if not the, well, no, actually, yeah, they're the worst roster in football. But they do have two wins. Uh, the Bills can surprise teams if they don't come prepared to play. The Bills play hard. They're not just, they're just not that talented. Uh, but here's the issue with the Bills. You've got Josh Allen out with an elbow injury. So you're stuck with a choice between Derek Anderson and the Peter Man. This is awful. <laughs> I mean, this is this is like the textbook case, uh, situation where uh, Colin Kaepernick can prove his collusion case. You literally had an NFL team hire Derek Anderson off the street before they would even entertain bringing in uh, Colin Kaepernick. So uh, as it stands, it's just one where. You, you kind of have to look at it and just say, you know, let's just kind of move on here. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you, you're, you're going you're gonna to get uh, more exposure with uh, uh, Indy, uh, with people betting on Indy. Uh, this one is safely, you can lay away. But uh, I, I would say that, you know, if you have to take a team, uh, you know, I would say take the Bills to cover the spread at six and a half. I, I mean, the Colts are not good enough as a roster to beat teams by uh, over a touchdown. Uh, so I, I, I do think the Bills will play hard. Indy should win this one, though. I mean, but the only way I see Indy covering this is that it's going to take an implosion from Derek Anderson or the Peterman to throw a pick six, which is entirely possible. Uh, to be honest, uh, honestly, that might be the prop bet I actually go with this one is who throws a pick six in this game. Does it happen? Because there's entirely possible between Locke and uh, Derek Anderson, 
Uh, there's a pick six, and if the Peter Man for some reason comes into the game and, uh, and Anderson gets injured, oh, all bets are off. You you know that pick six is right around the corner. So there's that. All right, uh, let, let's move on. Jacksonville against the Texans. Oh God, some crappy game today. <laughs> it's like I, I'm, tr- I'm trying, I'm trying to be kind here, but man, the, the, some of these matchups are just like, ugh, some dogs. Anyway, uh, the the Jags are pissed. The Jags defense not playing well. Houston not playing well on offense. I kind of look at this as a game for uh, Jacksonville to bounce back in and uh, take care of business. So uh, you look at the Jags' defense. They have not been playing well. But Deshaun Jackson, uh, I mean, Deshaun Watson is uh, still struggling with that offensive scheme. I just don't think they're giving him the freedom to run the offense the way that he wants to run the offense. The problem is is that... uh, you know, this uh, Jacksonville team is not the team to be uh, trying to uh, expand the offensive playbook on either because you kind of have to play conservatively uh, with them and take what they give you. So I, I look at that and uh, I'm saying that, uh, you know, you take the Jags here uh, as a favor, minus four and a half, and, and you move on from there. Uh, you know, the less said about this game, the better. Uh, you know, I don't expect a whole lot from Carlos Hyde today. Uh, I know uh, TJ Yeldon owners were disappointed, but, I mean, it's TJ Yeldon. It, like, sooner or later, the Jacks were going to make a trade. It was just a matter of when they were going to make a trade uh, with Leonard Fournette still unable to recover from uh, his hamstring injury. So, uh, moving on, uh, let, let's, uh, let's get into the afternoon games here. So... We've got Baltimore hosting New Orleans. Baltimore is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'll be honest. I think this is the game that's going to break the slate. I don't see this being a game where Baltimore is going to be able to hold the Saints' offense from scoring. I think Kamara can have a good game. I think Michael Thomas can have a good game. But I do think that the Saints are going to be able to move the football against the Ravens. Conversely, I think the Ravens' offense is in line for a good day as well. I think John Brown can get behind the Saints' secondary, and I think he can burn them. Uh, I think Lattimore is susceptible to just straight-up speed, and uh, there's definitely speed when you were talking about uh, John Brown. So I do think Flacco can have a good game today uh, as long as he limits the turnovers. Uh, So uh, I look for that game to be... uh, amongst the highest scoring of the uh, of uh, the scheduled games if not the highest scoring uh, so uh, my opinion I've got I'm taking New Orleans uh, plus two and a half uh, but I also like uh, the over in this one as well because uh, uh, you know with uh, the over on this one it's uh, 40 it's at 48 and a half I think this one actually goes over uh, and I know people are uh, you know, concerned about uh, saying that the Ravens defense, like, do you worry about the Saints on the road? But the Saints have so many weapons that it's kind of hard to hold them down. Yes, they may turn the ball over. They may go three and out a couple of possessions. But, like, by and large, they're going to get some good matchups uh, uh, at points today. Uh, the other afternoon matchup, uh, you got the Rams at San Francisco. Uh, 
you know, realistically, uh, there's not going to be a whole lot of Rams fans there. Uh, the, the 49ers fans are already bummed out about this season anyway. So, you know, I, I don't look at this as a huge swing either way. Uh, the Rams are 10.5 point favorites. I think that's a, a bit too generous because of how porous the Rams' defense has been. And Kyle Shanahan has shown to, to be capable of uh, exploiting matchups. So I kind of look at this as a case where uh, the Rams uh, should be in a position where they can, uh, uh, I mean, the 49ers should be in a position where they can get favorable matchups against the Rams' defense and keep this game close. So I do think the Rams win this one, but I think it's probably going to be a, a touchdown victory than uh, over 10 points. I, I just think that 10, uh, 10 and a half points is too large of a spread uh, given the Rams' defense. They're not good enough to stop anyone consistently uh, to warrant that kind of a spread. So I, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take uh, the 49ers here just because I believe Kyle Shanahan can find good matchups uh, to go after on the Saints, and that will keep this game close. Uh, even with uh, C.J. Beathard most likely going to revert back to his check down ways because Green Bay gave them shots down the field. I don't think those shots down the field are going to be there, but I do think that underneath passing routes, the 49ers are going to be able to hurt them on. And the Fox game of the week, you got the cow. Well, actually, no, uh, I, I was going to say Fox game of the week, but I forgot CBS flexed this game in so that Tony Romo could cover it. Cause they were talking it up last week. Yeah, so uh, Tony Romo gets a comment on his Cowboys uh, as they travel to Washington. You know, Washington's a point-and-a-half favorite. I got to take Dallas here. Uh, Realistically, Dallas has the better team. They got the best player on the field. Adrian Peterson, no, you're not the best running back in football. Uh, I don't, you know, Zeke has a potential case to be made for that, but uh, I, I wouldn't vote for Zeke either. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think Dallas has a, just a slightly better roster than Washington. So I'm going to give Dallas the win here, and I'm taking them as uh, the underdog as well, obviously, at a point and a half. Uh, Sunday night football. The Chiefs are right back at it again after playing the, uh, uh, the Patriots uh, last Sunday night. Uh, they got a matchup against the Bengals. You know, the Bengals will find a way to lose this game. Uh, I don't know if they're going to co- uh, cover or not. They're, the Bengals are six and a half point underdogs uh, in KC. The Bengals have the offense to keep it close with uh, with the issues this uh, KC defense has. I mean, that's not the question here. The question is, will Andy Dalton make turnovers that cause the extra possession? Because we saw that the uh, Chiefs can lose the turnover battle and still keep the game close. If you lose the turnover battle against the Chiefs, you're going to get smoked. So and the question here is, what can Cincinnati do to cut down on turnovers and not uh, and not give the ball back to uh, Patrick Mahomes? If uh, the Bengals can manage to win the turnover battle, they definitely cover here. But I have my doubts about that, so I'm going to take KC minus 6.5 because I, I do think that uh, some of the jitters uh, Kansas City had in the first half last week those are going to be long gone uh, tonight. So uh, I, I look for KC to t- uh, take the win here and the cover. And then the final matchup, you got the Giants traveling to Atlanta. Atlanta, one of the worst defenses in the league. It's 
Obel, uh, Obel, uh, if if uh, Odell cannot get uh, a monster game this week, fantasy owners, I don't know what to tell you other than, you know, you're going to have to try to take o- Odell and trade him at a loss because if you can't have a monster game against the Atlanta defense, I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, the Giants should be able to move the ball uh, quite often against Atlanta. I do think Atlanta's just going to move the ball up against the Giants. This should be a high-scoring affair. Uh, but uh, I do see the Giants being able to cover just because it's a six-and-a-half-point spread. You know, yes, the Giants could screw this one up, which would not be the biggest shock in the world. However, the end of the day... The Giants are not a good football team. They've got a lot of issues, which which could end up uh, causing issues down the road. And I, 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 I look at the overall track of this team. The Giants, you know, 1-5, one, uh, one you know, it's it could get real ugly real fast if they don't get a win Monday night, and I doubt they will. But we'll see, we'll see if the Giants can pull it together. If Atlanta loses, their season's over too because they're already two and four. So this is a must-win game for Atlanta. I mean, the Giants. Yeah, the Giants are already. They they're saying the right things, but realistically, we'll see Monday night like what team shows up. If the Giants showed up motivated, yeah, I I definitely think they're going to cover this game. I'm just not sure they're going to win it. So that does it for the picks. Uh, let's get into the DFS uh, lineups. For DraftKings and FanDuel, uh, you know, with the London game uh, taking place shortly, you know, it's it's going to throw things off uh, just a, a tad uh, because you're you're not going to be able to uh, do anything uh, uh, to speak of uh, in terms of uh, some of the early games. But uh, I would say that you know, for some of these uh, cash game lineups. Uh, I like uh, the fact that, uh, you know, you can pair Kirk Cousins with Adam Thielen. Uh, Cousins is going to run you, uh, he's going to run you uh, 6,400 on uh, DraftKings. Uh, FanDuel, he's eight grand. Thielen is 8,600 on DraftKings. Uh, on FanDuel, I believe uh, Thielen's uh, going to be running about, yeah, he's 8,700 uh, 8, on FanDuel. A couple other guys I'd keep an eye out for uh, in terms of wide receivers. Jermaine Curse, uh, Quincy Nua being out for the Jets opens things up for Curse just because Sam Darnold's going to dump the ball off to someone. Uh, so uh, Nua being out uh, definitely helps Curse's case. Uh, I'd also look at Josh Reynolds on the Rams. You know, Cooper Cup's out, so Josh Reynolds will take over in a slot position there. Uh, I talked about John Brown earlier for the Ravens. I think he's got a... Nice matchup against the Saints today. So uh, that's another wide receiver I, I'd focus on. In terms of the running backs, I think you got to have Todd Gurley in your lineup. Uh, I think it's crazy if you don't have Todd Gurley in your lineup today uh, for the main slate. Uh, just San Francisco's defense, they give up rushing yards. Uh, you can you can gash them. Uh, Gurley is more than prepared to do that. I am a big fan of Carrion Johnson and... Tariq Cohen, so if you can get those guys in your lineup. Also, uh, you can consider Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, he should get the rock quite a bit. 
Nick Chubb's really cheap at thirty seven hundred. Uh, I mean thirty six hundred on uh, DraftKings, uh, four grand on uh, FanDuel. But uh, Duke Johnson's another possibility uh, to consider. So these are definite matchups you could take advantage of. Because to me, this slate is gonna depend on which of the running backs uh, truly goes off. Latavius Murray also a possibility for the running backs because of I think the Jets could easily get smoked here. Uh, uh, Latavius Murray could just do ground and pound all day long against some of these teams. So uh, none of that would surprise me. In terms of the tight end position, uh, you know, I I think you can dump down and save money with uh, Jeff Swain. I I don't see anyone in the tight end position with Gronk out. I mean, yeah, you could dabble with Trey Burton against... uh, uh, against New England. Uh, Trey Burton will run you at 4,300 but on uh, DraftKings. But, you know, there's just not a whole lot of appetizing options on DraftKings and Fandle at the tight end position, in my opinion. And it's just I'm not, I'm not a big fan of it. So uh, I, I, I'm kind of punting on tight end today. You know, in terms of other uh, position players, uh, quarterback position, as I said, I do like Kirk Cousins quite a bit. Uh, Baker Mayfield is an option. Uh, I will say that. Uh, just because, you know, looking at the matchup against Tampa, I think uh, Baker can definitely put up some points. Uh, you know, I know folks are going to kind of lean towards Tom Brady a bit just because uh, he's Tom Brady. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I get it. It's a cheap price for Brady uh, today because... Uh, Brady's uh, going to run you about um, on DraftKings today. Uh, Brady is only running you about 6100 which is dirt cheap. I, I think every QB got a, a little bit of a downgrade in terms of pricing uh, this week. Uh, but uh, I like uh, I like uh, some other options instead. I'll, look at, I'll even look at uh, uh, Brock Osweiler just because the, the Detroit's defense is not very good. So I'll look at Stafford and I'll look at Brock Osweiler too. Uh, you know, Osweiler is only running you forty seven hundred. It's a much better matchup than what he had against last week against the the Bears. And Albert Wilson's only four grand. So if you want to do uh, Osweiler Wilson stack, it's not going to cost you very much. And that way you could fit in Ezekiel Elliott and Gurley and you know whatever choice of running back you really want if you stack Osweiler and Albert Wilson. So. Uh, that's a possibility as well that you can do. So with that being said, uh, as far as defenses go, if you can't pay up for the Colts, uh, I would uh, or the Vikings, I would say you could take a look at the Panthers against uh, the Eagles. I, I think they could turn the ball over against them. Uh, I also uh, think that the Bills, even though their offense is very questionable, their defense is uh, capable of turning over Andrew Luck. So I think the Bills' defense is also a cheap option you can go with. So that's going to do it for my DFS picks. Uh, The London game is going to be starting soon, so I'm going to get this episode up so the folks there can uh, uh, listen in. But uh, the news did come in official that uh, uh, Melvin Gordon is going to be out. So this is an Austin Eckler day for you folks. So... Uh, those uh, paying attention, uh, Austin Eckler is in uh, uh, for Melvin Gordon, who is going to be out today with the hamstring issue.
So uh, that's all for now, folks. Good luck today, and uh, uh, we'll catch up later. It's the most talked about position in all of sports, the quarterback. And now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought-after role on the field, Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks. Like, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Will dating Danica Patrick distract Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick, Charlie. We're interested in that, you know? Well, I mean, Tommy's got Giselle. I'll I'll take Giselle, okay? (laughs) Is Dak Prescott good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys? Which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018? How about intellectually, Charlie, as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now? The game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.